Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. If you're into cars, get into Repco. Everything you need for your car this summer. Want to know your apex from your brake bias? This is Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. to you. It is 7.01 on a Tuesday evening and welcome to an earlier edition of Repco Race Control as we remember one of the great voices and great Australian entertainers who passed away in the last 24 hours and that was Olivia Newton-John gone at the age of 73 with the return of breast cancer. That song, Let's Get Physical, believe this, it was voted by Billboard magazine as the biggest song of the 80s. It was the number one song of 1982, and that's my fun fact for you tonight, Murph. How about that? I'm really sad today, aren't you? Yeah, I heard that this morning. Um, Yeah, it it is. I mean, man, I think... uh... We were all in love with Olivia Newton-John back in the eighties. <laughs> yes, we with were. With Greece, I mean, yeah, it's uh, and yeah, some of her music and, and and the likes. She was she was an icon, wasn't she? She was an absolute Aussie. What, what do you at, at that time of you know the Olivia Newton-John Greece? What were you doing? Do you remember where you were when you heard that? Even physically, do you remember where you were? Because I'm a great believer that there are songs you go, I know where I was, what I was doing at that time. Was any one of those songs? Yeah. Nah. No, no, not a chance, mate. Um, what are we talking? How long ago? What, oh, was that was that eighty. That was eighty-two, and Greece was seventy. Man, Greece was, was seventy-nine. I would have been so focused on racing carts at the time. Right. So I was ten years old, and um, yeah, that would have been my life, and I would have uh, been immersed in that. Everything else really wouldn't have mattered, to be honest. Nah, fair, fair play. I was, I was, I was. I went and saw Greece seven Older. times. Seven times, yeah. seven times. I just well, ever, ever, who didn't see it? Who didn't yeah. see it? At the time, it was the biggest grossing movie of the year. Like it grossed yeah. like three hundred and thirty-eight million US there in nineteen seventy-nine. Which was, which, and made her a global superstar. She ended up winning four Grammys. Oh, I'm just sad. I'm, I'm just sad. We, and, and of course, we lost the Seekers uh, lady yesterday, as, uh, the other day as well. So sad day for Australia, the Australian music industry and those that loved. Um, let me even join. All right, this is Repco Race Control coming your way uh, before 8 o'clock. We're just doing 7 to 8 today. We're going to talk to Avalon about MotoGP. But first up, this is what we're going to talk about. It was a Ganassi victory last year. Will it be a Ganassi victory this year? After having such an eventful Whoa. start to the race, McLaughlin tries to drag race Dixon and can't do it. Scott Dixon wins the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Holy what a drive, what a result. The two Scots drag racing out of turn 11. He now has sole possession of second on the all-time wins list. 
with career win 53. And he might have taken a major step towards championship number seven. Scott, there are so many places we can go as we chat, but let's just talk about the weekend. I got the sense that you weren't super pleased with how things were going. How improbable is this win? Well, you know, I think the tough thing all weekend is that I knew the PNC bank number nine was, was super fast. You know, we proved that in the warm-up. We just didn't have many consecutive laps, but kudos to the team. We had a big crash there. It took half the floor off the car. We had to take four turns of front wing out, so we had no grip, and then I think we did about 45 or 50 laps on that last set of tyres. So the last stop, we didn't even take tyres. So huge credit to Firestone as well. But, uh, oh, man, Nashville's so awesome. We saw how good the McLaughlin car has been all weekend. How did you hold him off? Real, real worried about him just because I knew he'd take charge. He kind of has to with, uh, you know, the, the standings at the moment. And he was super fast as well. And, and uh, honestly, he had fresh tyres too. So it was a bit of a sitting duck. I think if there was a lap or two more, it would have been uh, really tough to do. But congrats to him on, uh, on a great weekend. And hopefully that was good for us for points. Congratulations. It was good. Six back, second in the championship. And now there is one driver that has more wins than Scott Dixon. His name is A.J. Foyt. How much more time did you need? One lap. <laughs> we're alongside there across the finish line, but oh man, we're 16th, I think, on that last pit exchange. We just had an awesome restart, and man, the car was fast. It's Dex Imaging race car. This Chevy was unreal. Good on its fuel, good power, and yeah, just just fell short of the end. But congrats to Scotty. Um, always dreamed of like racing him to the finish. I know it was, we sort of had that in Texas last year, but that was a proper duel, and uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. And that's why I come in car racing. This is this is the best race in the world. Finishing second to any of these guys here is a pretty good accomplishment. How do you take from today? I hate coming second, but it's, uh, but it's is what it is. But I learned a lot today, and we'll focus and get better. And um, I'm really proud of everyone. You know, proud of myself, proud of my team, proud of everyone. Like we rebounded and you know come here with a car that was fast enough to challenge for a race win and got a pole. So it's a great weekend, great points weekend, and we'll just keep pushing the last three races of the year. Scott McLaughlin got pole, but second in the uh, Big City Music Grand Prix in Nashville. Scott Dixon and Murph, you and I have talked about this before. He is one of these guys that just consistently gets places and, you know, the thirds, the fourths, the fifths, gets the points, and now he goes and gets another win, sits uh, second in the championship behind Will Power. Will Power's on 450, Dixon on 444. It would not surprise you or anyone that he snags number seven championship, would it? I, I sat and watched it live. Um, it was delayed by a couple of hours um, because of uh, thunderstorms in Nashville. Um, so everyone was uh, sitting around in their motorhomes um, twiddling their th fingers for quite a while. And uh, the broadcast team did a very good job yeah, they of, did. of filling in a lot of time and doing some uh, some very, very entertaining interviews with the drivers. Um, but I didn't see that coming, mate. I mean, it, Scott, Scott McLaughlin um, deserved to win that race because – he was the fastest guy. He stuck it on pole. Um, he was the fastest car on the racetrack. He was cruising, absolutely cruising. And then all hell broke loose. And, you know, Nashville, very, very tricky racetrack. Oh. They all seem to enjoy it. I mean, the guys that I have spoken to, and I spoke to Hunter McElroy about it as well, loves the track. They just, they really enjoy it. And I look at it and I think it's it's almost terrifying. Uh, um, there are parts of it that reminded me of the Wellington Street race, how narrow it was. Yeah, true. But you watched, um, I watched Scotty's in-car today, oh, sorry, on board today of his pole lap. Oh, yeah, wow. And it, it's just, it's, it, if you haven't seen it, go to Instagram. It's on Instagram on his, on his uh, feed. It's, it's phenomenal. And, um, you know, he was, he was just, he's just getting it together. It's coming together and coming together and coming together. And I, I, I think um, 
I, I think they almost sort of are a little bit shocked actually about his speed. I mean, um, the passing, the moves he was making during that race, as he said, he was 16th after uh, the late um, pit exchange. I mean, they worked against him all day. The safety cars worked against him and his strategy all day and eventually with a bad pit stop, put him all the way near the back. On the flip side, the more safety cars that came, the more the likes of uh, Rossi, Herter and Dixon were given the chances to get back in because they were all down a lap. They were all down a lap with damage and, you know, the race looked like it was over for Herter. It looked like it was over for, for Rossi. It was over for Dixon with all the damage and then they, all, they ended up all being back in the top 10. So it was one of those days where you just keep plugging away, stay positive, the team keeps talking you through it, you, you just keep doing the laps, and their cars were obviously reasonably fast, and look what happens. It just turned to Pavlova for oh, Scott Dixon. Yes, it, was, it was phenomenal. I mean, there's no way, there's no way when he was sitting in the pit, dropping a lap down with those that damage to that car, that he would ever <laughs> have envisaged no. that he was going to end up crossing. And you could see it on his face. He got out of the car, and he's just in disbelief of what has just happened. But you know what? That is what can happen. And, you know, I agree with Scott McLaughlin. It, IndyCar was exciting. I think it was great that they red flagged it and didn't do those final few laps under under safety car, that they got it back to green. Looked after, you know, they they look after the product. They get they care about the product and look after yeah. it. And, and that's the... I'm just wondering, though, Murph, with three races to go, we've got Illinois, Portland, and then Monterey as the final run, with Scott McLaughlin on 392, where he's probably just a tad... A tad behind. Oh, no, he's not. He's not genuinely to challenge. No, he's not in the game. I think you know, finishing the season, what a great result. Top five would be um, nice. He's sitting sixth. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's based on what we've seen can happen and, and how things can change. Look at Scott Dixon's change in his run um, in the last little while. Anything is still possible. I think the focus will be for for Scotty McLaughlin will be just to try and absolutely smash home these last races, the best possible results he can. And, you know, he's done it again. He's put himself on the, you know, he's on the win list. He was about yeah. to be on uh, the win list again yeah. with three wins um, and, and deserved it. Um, so he's just got to keep doing those things and just that build and build and build that confidence and, and take it through to 2023 where he will be a genuine contender for that title because he's just learning, learning, learning. And I mean, the speed that he showed on, on, on the weekend is testament to his workload and what he's prepared to put in to, to, you know, dot every I cross every T it's, it's, it's for me as a ex racing car driver, it's, it's, it's just awesome to watch. It really is. And two Kiwis again, man, first and second across the line, two <laughs> Kiwi flags. I mean, it's it's got to start pissing some people off, surely, before too long. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, oh, I mean, I love it. Uh, on a week where we've, uh, we've we've had 20 gold medals uh, and more Kiwis doing something yeah. at, at an elite level, it True. just shows, you know, I love the I love how uh, even Scott McLaughlin has come out and said that Scott Dixon is the most underrated sportsman that New Zealand has produced. When do you, do you think that will ever change, that he will get the credit that he is due from the sporting public in this country, or is that just the way it rolls in this country? Well, I'm sure they're going to hand out some more knighthoods and bloody damehoods for, you know, to do, some do you think? Um, do you think that's the sort of recognition games. you would give him? Would no, you? I don't think you'd want it, but no. um, because he's a sports person, you know, at the end of the day, sports people, you know, for doing what they love, um, I, don't, I don't agree should be handed out um, those kinds of accolades. 
Um, you know, he I don't think he's worried about it or phased by it. I mean, those that are motorsport fans know know what he's done, knows what he's achieved. Um, I, I I think it's I don't think it's understood in the greater sporting community the effort and the work and the concentration and the focus and the physical aspects that they put in and how much effort that is on a daily basis. Mm. Just because it's a piece of machinery and there's big money involved, right? He's mm. he'll be he'll be one of the highest paid, if not the high, most highest paid New Zealand sports person. No, it won't be the highest because some of the MMA and the Steve, Steve, Stephen kind of Adams stuff, is, makes about twenty five million yeah, a year. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course he does. So so he's not the highest, but he certainly is is one of the, the highest paid and and you know, that doesn't make him better than anybody else in that respect, but but his his sporting achievements and his mental and physical achievements and, and what he puts into it and his skill on an international basis deserves to be, uh, you know, deserves to be acknowledged more. Does it frustrate you as an ex-race car driver and as an individual that people don't look at you as an individual but more of a team player, right? You know how there are always individual awards going out and they say, oh, no, motor racing is not an individual sport. It's about a team and a car. Does that, has ever has frustrated you? Uh, well, it's it's quite because you've just explained what quite, Scott McLaughlin uh, a, Dixon goes through. We've seen it, and that's individual it is a team sport. But the team yeah. for team sports in this country get accolades mm. all the time, you know. Um, but but not recognised as an individual, right? He's won a couple of sportsmen uh, of the years and things like he that. Has, but, he's won a few bits and pieces, but you know. Um, anyway, regardless of that, we know how great he is, and it's just it's it's just phenomenal to watch. I mean, he he is special because you know these kinds of things. Uh, that happened on the weekend just don't happen to to everybody. Um, you know, that's management uh, that is, you know, having having an, an innate awareness of everything going on around you. It's the ability to stay calm, his his calmness mm. under pressure. I mean, he qualified in P nowhere. He was so far out the back. Started 14th, and then, yeah. And then he ended up ended up doing what he did um, <laughs> after being in trouble and going down a lap and everything. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. It's incredible. It really is. Well, I think our Midas service moment of the week, trust the team at Midas for your next car service, doesn't actually go to Dixon. I think it goes to Scott McLaughlin. Because once yeah, you get, cool. get P1, uh, could have won, but again is showing incre incremental growth in year two that he is a player in this game that is called IndyCar. He is the player. He's, he's the player. What did I say at the start of the year? Well, we thought well, you actually thought he'd win the championship. I think you. Oh, I said he was a. Char I said he was. I said he was. Good <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, and yeah. I mean, if not for a couple of, uh, what was that was last year? Was it? No, it was last year. The where he he didn't push against Newgarden. Or was it this year? He did push against Newgarden on the oval. Uh, this year he lost that. He lost the second race of the year, Michigan. Yeah, uh, to Newgarden on the last lap. That's right. He yeah. should, if he'd if he'd pushed a little hard, he would have won it. So anyway, well, uh, if he'd been a bit hard, but been a bit tougher, maybe, maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't have. But he was. It was his teammate, so he played nice. And it, it's his bus bro. Bus bro. Yeah, I got to get a look at some more of that. It's, it looks like a lot of fun. The Mitre Service moment of the week is. Scott Dixon, P, excuse me, Scott McLaughlin, P1 and, and, and number two. Yeah, don't let an overdue service cost you more in the long run. You give it to run. both of them, can't you? See the team at Midas. No, I gave it to, I, we are giving it to Scott McLaughlin because when I had an early discussion with you, uh, I said, what did you think of that performance by uh, Scott Dixon? And you said to me, well, everything fell his way. So I would prefer to give it to Scott McLaughlin because he actually drove a really good race from P1. 
yeah, yeah. And everything yeah. went well, against, and went against, and things went against him. It was actually his recovery from being P sixteen to pass. I mean, his passes yeah. were sublime. Yeah, he didn't feed anyone into the fence like his teammate did. He <laughs> did. He didn't push anyone off the track. He just made moves that were class, absolute class. Classy. And that's what I that's what I enjoyed most about that drive was his was his ability to actually get the job done and make the passes and make them stick and, I, and uh, drive drive his way back to second place. I also enjoyed the fact that Joseph Newgard reminded uh, Romain Grosjean that welcome Grosjean. To, uh, Grosjean, uh, welcome to Andy Powell, simply in, in mm. the wall again. Mm. Uh, Roman Roman is a guy that um, that very much when it happens to him, it's it's he forgets very much that he's done that to others. <laughs> you gotta love this. It's like it's a one-way street. It's a one-way deal. The funny thing with what's going on with Grosjean at the moment and others is that they're actually turning into a bit of a uh, drive to survive. You know, there's there's a, there's a lot of Good. stuff going on, and but more to the point, the racing is so much better. This is Repco Race Control just till eight o'clock this Tuesday because it's basketball finals week, and the the grand final of the NBL is coming away this Thursday live here on SENZ. It's seven seventeen. Uh, we'll take a wee pit stop and we'll start talking MotoGP with Avalon shortly. Seven twenty-two. This is SENZ and Repco Race Control on a Tuesday because it's basketball finals week here in New Zealand. The NBL finals on a Thursday night live here on SEN. You probably hear it on the SENZ app in Australian SENZ app here in New Zealand. Bit of Saturday night fever, of course. John Travolta, big part of Olivia Newton John's life and with Greece and the like. And of course, we started the night off with the, the loss of Olivia Newton John at age seventy-three. Anyway, let's move on and, and think all good thoughts because Avalon Biddle's in the house. Hey, Avalon, how are you? Hey guys, how are you? We are good. Uh, let's talk MotoGP, British Grand Prix. Peko's back in the house. Yeah, absolutely. He's um, showing what he's made of once again, isn't he? Yeah. Um, did you see the whole GP? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was actually um, very impressed with how close it was. Like, it's not yeah. often that you get a race that remains that close right down to the finish line. So. I definitely think Pico had superior pace there, but um, the boys didn't make it easy for him, that's for sure. Uh, tire choice, big one. A um, few changes on the grid by the sounds of it as well. Uh, people going from the soft to the medium. Um, and Vinales clearly um, had the strategy right, just ran out of time because he was uh, he managed to look after that Aprilia very well, didn't he? Yeah, isn't it impressive to see just how far the Aprilia has come with both riders are so strong now. And yeah, I must say watching Maverick ride all weekend was, he's just a pleasure to watch on track, to be honest. He's just so smooth, so flowing, hardly makes a mistake. Um, and as you say, yeah, he definitely had that strategy nailed. Um, I think possibly Aprilia was surprised how well the Ducati rear tyre did last. Um, with even Miller right up there until the end as well. So I think Aprilia probably a little bit surprised by that, but obviously uh, still very happy with how both riders performed, especially after Alicia's massive high side <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, they've got to be happy that he finished only one place behind the championship leader. And it, when it was announced uh, 14 hours ago that actually after that high side, it's been checked, he was, he was riding with a fractured heel. So yeah. that's, that's a hell of an effort. I mean... How difficult is that? Oh, really, really hard, obviously. But um, 
I've definitely ridden with broken bones myself, and you just you're just so focused on what you're doing, um, and you have a lot of adrenaline running through your body that you are kind of able to put that pain aside. Um, yeah, feet are difficult as well because they can either really really hurt on the bike, especially your feet to either change gear or use the rear brake. So it can be a real nuisance or um, cannot affect you at all. So. Yeah, he obviously got away with it. He actually said that um, it wasn't the pain at all that held back in the race. This is a bit of a issue that caused him to be a bit further back than he showed he had the pain to be earlier on in the weekend. So it doesn't seem to be too much pain. Hey, hey, Ev, are you, are you, are you, excuse me, are you walking around, Ev? No, is the reception bad? Yeah, the reception's pretty crappy at the moment. It's just you've gone. You, are you are you still there? Can I hear you? Can you come back at us and say hello? Can, can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Is this any better? Uh, you were on okay. you were on speaker, weren't you? No, <laughs> uh, the reception's not very good out here in Rangiora. The long lap penalty that Quateraro was that the what long him? lap penalty? Well, he had a long. <laughs> didn't he have a long lap penalty? For... Well, it didn't really exist, did it? Well, I was just um, oh, okay. I was just asking. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Oh. It was pretty pathetic. Okay, but did it did it affect his chances of the win? Was the question? So. Well, the funny thing is, as Murph saying, he only lost one point six seconds, which he could have easily lost by like missing a downshift or running wide into a corner. So he absolutely didn't lose a lot of time. But he did end up further back in the pack. So I think he dropped from what second down to fifth. And then in the end, he ends up dropping down to eight. Uh, And he claims his lack of pace at the end of the race due to his rear tyre overheating, which he reckoned was from riding in the bunch. And it's quite obvious now that he does try to get out front and he quite often does try to get clear air, which is what he's saying is the Yamaha's need to keep those tyres cool enough. So kind of the penalty um, wasn't a huge amount in terms of time penalty, but did actually really badly affect his race. So... Kind of interesting how that one played out, and I guess it's a huge mm. advantage for the other guys now because they're going to know to try get in front of him for the rest of the season, and they're going to do it on purpose um, to try get his tyres to overheat again, um, as it's obviously something Yamaha is struggling with. So, is yeah, that, pretty that, interesting how that one played out. Is that quite common? What 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 you've just explained about getting stuck? More the front tyre, isn't it? Um, it's been more. They've it been is, complaining more about the front tyre, eh? Yeah, they do normally complain about the front, but Quadraro is adamant um, it was the rear and that it's not something he's had an issue with most season. It's only when he's in that group of riders. So, yeah, pretty interesting. I definitely expect it to be the front. Um, yeah, even racing locally here, you do notice if you're in a bunch, just ev- even the bike just runs so much hotter um, in terms of engine temperature. So, yeah, definitely affects things and pretty interesting. The- she's she's hotter. I mean, it's it's meant that the championship... Um, really, again, after, you know, it was looking like it was slipping away, Bagnaia falling off his bike a couple of times and, and you know, race-winning positions, costing him a lot of points, especially if we look at the championship where it is now. I mean, what is it we've got to go? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight races still remaining at 25 points uh, a piece a win. That's a couple of hundred points. He, he's he's and Pecco's forty nine behind Quattawaro, so he's well on the hunt. Plenty of points. He's well on the hunt. But, and I it's, mean, it's it's on, isn't it, Ev? I mean, it is seriously on. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then we've still got Alicia Spargo still in there yeah. fighting for it, which no one expected. So, yeah, it absolutely is. Quiterara is very consistent. I'll give them that. It's going to take a couple of mistakes um, for Bagnaya to make up that points gap. But especially yeah. as they yeah. go overseas and head to those Asian races um, or Phillip Island in Australia, which are all on the trot, um, yeah, definitely going to be some exciting racing ahead and definitely some tracks that suit the Yamaha and then some that suit the Ducati. So I think we're going to see it to and fro a little bit more. Well, how do you? How is uh, the Red Bull ring on these bikes? I mean, I feel, oh gosh. Ducati, weren't it? Ducati, a Ducati track, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Ducati have won there, See? I think. Yeah. Oh, they've changed Yeah, I want to say just about the every track's race. The track's changed, though, hasn't it? Oh, they put yeah. it in a chicane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, after the, after the big crash. Yeah, so that's going to take oh, away yeah. actually the Ducati advantage in a big way, I would have thought. Yeah, I think they're still going to have that top-end speed advantage, but like one other area that they're really strong on is um, under braking, which, yeah, as you say, that chicane is going gonna, is gonna to change things a little bit. So, yeah, yeah it, could, it could make stuff. And the thing that gets me with Cotterara is just how competitive he is at every track. You really see the other Yamaha riders you know, either all up around 10th spot or all back down in 20th, whereas Cordero somehow manages to get himself up in that top five at every track, which is super impressive. Um, and I can see why Yamaha wanted to hold on to him for another few years. So who are you favouring now? With What did you say, Murph? Eight rounds to go. Uh, Austria's yeah. up next. Who do you like? That, I mean, it's, it's obvious they're, they're the front runners, but of, of, of Bagnaia, Vigna, oh, excuse me, what was I looking at? Uh, Alicia Spargo, Peko, Quattararo. Who do you like to take the championship, or is it still that tight? Forty-nine points the difference between Quattararo and Bagnaya. You, do you still like the consistency of Quattararo? Yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I allowed to say that? You can say. Hey, remember, <laughs> we're ringing you, experts. So <laughs> you say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I think, look, they both they both deserve it. Anyone out there who's racing and winning races obviously deserves it. But, yeah, for me, Quattararo, just riding on a bike that's possibly not as great, doesn't have the top-end speed anyway of the other machines, and to just ride so consistent and um, to ride quite aggressively as well, but in general sensible as well. Um, we've seen Peko make a few mistakes, and if Peko doesn't make any more mistakes for the rest of the championship, yeah. then he absolutely deserves to win. But... Um, yeah, we do see him make those mistakes on occasion. Um, and I do think, I honestly think the penalty for Quattararo was really harsh. I mean, in Athens, he, he was just going for the pass, and we see a lot worse than that um, that doesn't get penalised. So I think he's yeah, sort of got um, he's sort of got a bit of fight in him, uh, especially after being handed that penalty, and I think he'll, um, we'll still see those consistent performances all year long. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? I was having a crack before about that... Um the long lap penalty, and, and to be honest, it probably what he ended up getting suited the crime, considering also, you know, um, how others have gone unpunished. So it actually probably became a, quite a fair a fair kind of deal in that respect. Um, the other thing I was going to say was um, the one thing that he doesn't have, which Pico Bagnara's got, is a, is a rear gunner, because Jack Miller is going to do whatever <laughs> it takes uh, to help Pico, as he did again on the weekend, he did the best he could, um, and he's not going to get in the way and fight Peko, is he? He's not going to stop him from getting those points. 
No, absolutely. And isn't it amazing to see that relationship between Ducati yeah. and Jack Miller unfold? Um, even, as you say, at the end of the relationship, uh, Jack is yeah. still so loyal to them. And, yeah, he will fight right to the very end to do anything to help Bagnaya. So it's been pretty special to see that and to see that mutual respect there, which I guess Ducati also deserve, um, given that they gave Jack that chance on a factory bike. So, yeah, very cool. And, and as you say, yeah, it could actually play out um, to be very important, especially if it comes down to the last race of the season, we're going to see, yeah, Jack do just absolutely anything he can. So, yeah, very true. And, and unfortunately, Cordero probably doesn't quite have that support. I guess the Aprilia boys um, are there for each other too. And Vinales uh, has been putting in some pretty impressive performances. I do wonder if that that team uh, spirit dynamic will play out in Aprilia or if it will just be yeah. each man for their own. Yeah. That could be quite interesting to see unfold, actually. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's well Maverick's, Maverick's not uh, not someone that would be considering himself to be number two, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> he's not known for his, I guess, team spirit or whatever <laughs> you would call it. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think they're both going to be fighting for race wins, um, definitely for more races throughout the season. Gotta love it, Av. Thanks for joining us and talking about GP. Yeah, thanks, uh, Av. I will see you on Monday morning because uh, you got your wish. You get to do another uh, Sky Speed because Murph's uh, busy in Oz. So it's uh, you and me on on Monday, girl. Okay. Thanks, Murph. And yeah, we'll see you then. See, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Notice just, she, just, just don't be too good. Notice, okay? how she, notice how she said thanks, Murph. How polite she was. Yeah. Thanks, Murph. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Thanks, I appreciate it. Talk. See you Monday, 7.34. This is Repco Race Control. 7.38, this is Repco Race Control and Grease Lightning. John Travolta at his best. And that's what Murph's going to be doing uh, next week, I think, in Australia. Being Grease Lightning, uh, testing once again for Repco Bathurst 1000. Get you going, get you, make you want to get in that, that uh, car and go, that Boost Mobile Commodore, and get, just get your thing on. Because I saw your what, head go Grease Lightning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you start. I saw you start singing, so I knew it was. We knew. I knew it hit the right mark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if while I was um, sort of air guitaring to Grease Lightning this year, that it was making me think about driving a supercar. At Bathurst, to be honest. But yeah, but uh, testing next week. Segue. Testing next week, right? Yeah, head over on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Stanaway and I will. Jump over to Melbourne. We've got a our livery launch on Sunday at uh, the Erebus Motorsport Open Day at their workshop. Where, where, so are, they, where are they based? Are they based in Melbourne? Melbourne. They're in Melbourne. Yeah. They're in Melbourne. Based, yeah, right. Danny Nong. Yeah, Danny Nong. So anyone that's listening in Australia, if you're in Melbourne, want to come down on Sunday to the Erebus Open Day, we'll be unveiling the Boost Mobile Wildcard Entry livery. So, so for supercars. So okay. So the livery that we saw. That was supposed to be last year with the the racing Kiwi on the side. How much? No. And you said, "Oh, that might not." You you're playing with me. That might not be the you know the final livery. Is that the final livery or a, a variation no. of? Variation of? No, it's actually not even a variation of. It's just uh, <laughs> it's uh, very different to. It's very different actually to to that. So, oh, yeah. okay. But there is a is there a big Kiwi on it? Can you tease me that one? I don't think so. Oh, really? Because I thought that was so yeah. cool. Yeah, that's the one thing. No. That's, that's the one thing I've, you're always very passionate about is, is representing the country. I've always, I've, I've, I've well, known, I, I think I've listen, that about me, you. Let me tell you that there may still be um, uh, part of the livery that very much will be in line with our Kiwi is Kiwiana. Let's just say that that could that could be anything. Could be pineapple well, arms. Could it could be? <laughs> could be pineapple arms. It could be. It could be something that's on the screen behind you. 
Um, it could be it could oh, be all silver fern, things. right? Of course, the silver fern. Yeah, oh, that's an, that's an obvious one. Yeah, no, well, that's that's pretty cool. Good. Well, you didn't pick it. Well, well you gave me the most obvious. Yeah, no, I didn't pick it. That's one. fair enough. You didn't have to tell me, but yeah. that's that's okay. Um, how's the training going? I mean, you you know, I know you, you're incredibly busy, but getting back in the car. I mean, do, is it do, is that your happy place? Well, it used to be. I mean, I still do like. I still I still do feel happy inside a car. Mm. Um, and going and uh, roundy roundy and trying to drive fast um i do um but this is this is you know this is having to as i said before oh, as i've said many times mm. this is having to have a bit of a reset on the old uh, thinking and the concentration and, yeah. and you know um the effort required is is a lot more significant so the training's you know the training's going all right it's not not as much as i probably would like to be prioritizing just the weather has actually been a big big uh, issue for that recently i haven't really been out riding my bike like i like i would like to think i would be as much but still hitting the gym um it's been sort of three four sessions a week the last um i don't know last few weeks is the neck um, the, is the neck the big thing in those cars or is it the whole upper body that's the big thing i've always no, wondered it's, actually, it, it's, it's, it's actually the whole thing i mean you you know you're putting you're sort of doing around a, a hundred kilo leg press every time you hit the brake pedal and depending on how oh, many okay. points there are and how and how fast you're going you know there's there's a significant amount of load going through you know your your calf your quad your you know your hamstring your into your, your glute and all that kind of stuff your core is really important we've been doing a lot of core work my trainer's been punishing that area <laughs> plus so you've got a neck so, oh, okay so you've got you've, you're getting a bit of a, a ripped ripped through the old abs you got some abs they oh, I don't know. Oh, they're in there they're, 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 they're still in there? they're still being <laughs> yeah they're still being camouflaged by ex, ex, extra extra uh sort of body skin that i wish i didn't have oh, they're, yeah. they're certainly working harder than what they normally do yeah. all righty uh so we're a couple of weeks away from the next run which is the uh penrite or sandown super sprint well it's uh, next week yeah next weekend not this weekend next yeah, weekend. yeah i said a couple of weekends away yeah. right and but they're going yeah. Super softs all weekend. Good, good because well, they're, hopefully, you know they're um, um, yeah, but uh, uh, I, I can't actually be a hundred percent sure on what kind of the surface of sand down these days. Is it uh, abrasive? Is it does it hurt tires? I, uh, I'm not sure. Demands a lot of the rear tire because of traction at um, at sand down. So you're asking a lot of the rear tire from slow speed to to get a you know to get off the corners. So. Um, yeah, listen, hopefully that means that the super soft will wear and have a degradation phase, which means that, um, you know, that creates a strategy sort of option, which just means Shane Van Gisbergen will, will flog the more stupid, probably, yeah, four, um, if that's the case. 472 uh, drives, it was, starts last weekend at the OTR Super Sprint. Just surpassed, I didn't believe this, uh, Fabian Coulthard had actually raced 471 times uh, in a supercar, and now Shane's yep. surpassed him. And, and the one thing I, I picked up while reading uh, stuff on supercars is that they've all finally picked up what Shane told us uh, a couple of weeks back on Sky Speed uh, was that he was wanting to bag points, plenty of points before before Bathurst because that's a three hundred pointer, and he's literally got mm. a three hundred point uh, lead now. So it's it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. Um, b- before we take another break, the mobile mean machine. Yeah. Now, what's that all about? I saw that on on my one of my social feeds and go, oh, there's Murph again. That looking mm. for the meanest machine now. Do, is, do you categor, what do you categorize as What's a an, mean machine? It's an it's an opportunity just to give away money. 
on behalf of Mobile, Mobile One. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, obviously uh, a brand that I'm associated with, and and we've got a little competition going on, which is Mobile Meme Machine. All you got to do is go to the website mobilememachine.co.nz and upload your meme pictures of your meme machine. So it, it constitutes anything. And I just looked at some of the entries. I haven't been on here for a little while. And I looked at some of the entries and. And based on um, basically some of the entries I've seen, it does constitute literally anything. There's a 1995 Kia Sportage <laughs> in here, which um, <laughs> is definitely not road registrable. And there's one cool dude standing next to it, giving it the big uh, finger ups. And uh, clearly that's what he thinks is a cool, is a mean machine. Oh, I, I shouldn't rightfully laugh. Rightfully so. But, well, no. yeah, I know I shouldn't laugh, but I, I just look at a Kia Sportage and go, Mean machine, but it's a 1995 one too. By the way, it's not a not 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 new. Someone's actually got their Havel H6 in there as well. Not yeah. getting a lot of votes. Not getting a lot yeah, of votes. Let's yeah. say. Yeah, you, you but put, um, you're pushing it there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what's Get the website there. again? Mobile Mean Machine. It's just mobilememachine.co.nz. Get in there, put it in, and and basically get votes. You've got to go out there and push people to vote for you, and if you. Uh, get the most votes, then you will win the moolah. Oh, how much money? How much simple. money is for grabs? 10 grand. Easy 10 grand. All wow. you got to do is put bloody your car up there and get people to vote for you. All right. No, yeah. I won't put the Ford Everest up there. It's not that mean. Uh, 7.46 back mm. shortly. <laughs> he's like he's just eating a lemon. Why, he's saying, why after all that wonderful music did you go for Britney? I'm not saying yeah. anything. It's 7.51. Great news over the weekend. We spoke to Hayden Patton last week here on Rapco Race Control, and they were getting prepared for their WCR, WRC run in the Hyundai New Zealand Rally Team Hyundai, and they've placed third, elevated up from fourth. The third place is getting uh, disqualified. That's a good run. Yeah, it's super challenging to get back in over there and go to Finland. I mean, man, I don't know if you watched any of it on the weekend. I'm... I'm I think I've spoken about this before uh, around Finland and some of these these um, rallies over in Europe and and the WRC here for Repco Rally New Zealand it's going to be exactly the same. I mean, some of the things in Finland and and the roads that they were they were jumping their way through. Oh, the, the, the the vision is just ridiculous, completely ridiculous. And um, um, so I watched a bit of Hayden's stuff as well. And um, man, he was. I mean, his commitment looks amazing. Um. Clearly, you know, not spending the time amongst the best of the best of the best on a regular basis is going to take some time to catch up on and just get that speed and that commitment and that confidence. But, uh, yeah, well done to him, um, you know, for, for having a crack at it. Uh, finished two minutes or so, I think it was, um, around two minutes off the, um, the the winner of the rally, who then, I think, Sunan in got uh, disqualified. But, um you know, I think he's got to come away pretty pleased with that. And the car was pretty much in one piece and and uh, it, it looked good. But it was an amazing rally. Um, let's just speak about uh, who won it. Uh, Tanak actually won the rally from um, Kelly Rovenpera. And it was a monstrous battle between the two of them. Tanak pretty much led from start to finish after Rovenpera had to sweep the road on the first day and he lost the time and then he just went about trying to chase him down. And it was a, it was a brilliant performance by Tanak to, um, you know, withstand the pressure and uh, uh, lead home the Toyota in its home in its backyard, basically um, in the Hyundai. So uh, it was, uh, it was a really intriguing rally to watch some big crashes again, some, some absolute shockers. Um, uh, young Solberg rolled his car only a few hundred meters into the first, first, uh, um, um, stage on the first day 
and uh, that was the end of that pretty much. Um, it was brutal, but uh, very, very intriguing. Hey, um, speaking of uh, staying on the rally subject, I, I read somewhere, and you, you, you're heavily involved with Repco Rally New Zealand. Am I hearing that it's already been going to be renewed for 23? Uh, is the conversations there... are well underway, yeah. Well How underway. encouraging um, is that after all the hard work? To, you well, know... I, th- I, hope it's, I hope it's because... Um, you know the the team here at uh, Repco Rally New Zealand have have proven and put in the hard yards and just been relentless in their push and their desire to have WRC back to New Zealand and I hope that's a you know it's going to be a reward for um, their you know dog with a bone attitude to to get you know rally cars and the best best rally car drivers in the world back to back to New Zealand because um, the effort and the time the money the whole out, uh, the commitment by that team. Um, deserves to be rewarded. Yeah, and, and and I noted too in the in the press releases about him, Hayden, you know, finishing third. There was no there was no talk. The talk's gone away about not getting that car back. I've got a good feeling. Yeah, well, he made he made a comment um, uh, in the in the news actually tonight, um, that saying that it's now just about getting the car the car on the plane and getting it back to ah, New Zealand. So okay. I think they must have managed to work it out, but I've not seen anything official um, in any. Um, you know, motorsport sort of um, news as yet, but he did he did make a comment about it. And uh, just before we go, uh, it was good to see uh, you would have seen this the Sky Speed story we did on uh, Chris Vanderdrift taking his Veloce team to Belgium and also the Italian the European Championships. Uh, Carson Daly, Braxton Kreivanger, Auckland's Ayrton Williams, and Christchurch's Vin Vin, Vin Schelp, and they had a they had a pretty good time. The most overriding impression I got from uh, reading the story Murph, was that uh, even practices are like races. And there yeah. is so, and that it, that the intensity level is through the roof for these young boys. Oh, uh, mate, the 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 desperation in um, the European karting scene uh, because of you know the hopes and the dreams to become the next Lewis Hamilton or Scott Dixon or whoever you know or Max Verstappen. Um, that's what it's all about, and so it is it is cutthroat, absolutely cutthroat. So it'd be good to catch have a catch up with Chris when he gets back and and get a download on um, on how it all went. Yeah, but, um, we, we, we might do that next Thursday. All right, mate. Hey, best of luck. Travel safe. Enjoy the test. Enjoy the living re- reveal. Make sure you send us some photos. You'll be all right uh, without me on Monday. We'll be all right. We may have managed uh, She's hard work. She I know. She's hard. she's bloody hard work, but she's a lot of fun, like just like you. And you're hard work too. Don't, don't you know. Get, no, get, I'm, I'm not. I yeah, no, you, you're a saint. That's us done for Repco Race Control. Hoopheads coming next. Stick with us. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.